1: Welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Vinnie Wiley. This week the Rio Olympics comes to a close. An influential Pacific sports administrator dies and success for Fiji and Samoa's rugby league teams in Hawaii. But first to Fiji where tens of thousands turned out to welcome home the country's Olympic champion sevens team. The team arrived back on Sunday with the rest of Team Fiji's Olympic squad and were greeted by massive crowds in Nandy before flying to Suva for another parade and reception on Monday, a public holiday. Head coach Ben Ryan was among those to speak to the crowd, and told a story about what happened right before the Olympic final.
2: Outside so the changing rooms is the, is the warm-up area, and we had an area on the left, and Great Britain had an area on the right. I went out to the changing, to the warm-up area, and Great Britain in our area. They like to invade places, friend, and they took our side, and we didn't complain. And I went out there with Chris and William and Robati and Nada, and I watched them put out one cone, two cones, until they got to over 40 cones. They had eight coaches and managers with them. Then they got their tackle shields out. Then I heard a lot of whistle blowing. They all ran out, very regimented. And I watched them train, I watched them do the warm-up. And in the back of my, behind me, I could hear some laughing. (laughs) Because in our changing room, our boys were dancing. Our boys were smiling, and they were laughing. It was the biggest game in the history of Rugby Sevens, the Olympic Games gold medal game. A game watched by almost a million people across the world. After the game, I got a text message from Buzz Aldrin, who was the second person to land on the moon, saying how great Fiji had played. But I watched our boys run out. They were skipping and jumping, shouting Toso Viti Toso. We didn't have any cones. We didn't have any tackle shields. I didn't have to blow my whistle. We did a short warm up. I couldn't stop them smiling. And when I see them smiling and I see them relaxed, I know they'll be relaxed and they'll be ruthless. And the second thing that happened you get a two minute warning from the referee Great Britain ran out. I could see the way they were running, they were tense. Their shoulders were tense. Their jaws were tense. You can guess that our boys weren't tense. We jogged out, they smiled. They got to the, to the, to the tunnel. They shook the referee's hand and wished him good luck. And they went to run out on the field. And that moment when I watched them run out, I realized why we were gonna win that final. Because there wasn't seven players running out. And it wasn't just the rest of the the population behind them. The pressure wasn't on their shoulders. The boys were on the shoulders of every Fijian on this island. This is the nation's team. This is the reason why they've won gold. It's got nothing to do with anybody with ginger hair from England. It's got everything to do with the boys in Fiji. Oscar Kolinisao... And the boys deserve every accolade they've got. They are an amazing group of people. But the biggest accolade, the greatest cheer to everyone, is everybody in Fiji. I'd like to say a little vanaka. <laughs> and I promise the people from Sarua, I'd also say more de cho.
1: That's the Fiji Sevens coach, Ben Ryan. The Olympic Games ended much as it began for Tonga's breakout star Peter Talfotafua with another coconut oil fused display at the closing ceremony in Rio. The 32 year old, who was the talk of the opening ceremony more than two weeks ago, was less successful in competition though, thrashed 16 1 in the men's over 80 kilogram Taekwondo class by Iran's Sajjad Madani in the first round. His coach, Master Paula Satapa, says it's been a memorable experience.
3: and <laughs> Our hearts and our um, we aim for 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 the medal, but uh you know we fall sort of it, but in some states, I guess we get to uh, win some sort of medal. It's not that medal that we are uh, hoping for, but uh it's been quite a journey for us, and uh uh we quite enjoy it uh for for many people, you know they might not see the uh, what they expect to see us and uh, of course we uh, we were hoping for a medal, but uh for me as a coach seeing Peter trying this time and trying hard he's a champion inside. And I would like that to uh you know, to get it out to the people who really understand uh, the journey has he um he has been fighting and um and take. It's quite um a long journey for him and for me he's 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 such a champion inside his heart. And uh, after today's um fight he lost to uh, Iranian guy and we wait for a river chart for hopeful river chart and unfortunately we um didn't make it. He still asked me, have we won the medal? She still um, held his head up high and, uh, you know, like to appreciate all the people and uh, the support and the help um, during our preparation and leading to uh, Rio.
1: I understand there was a lot of support in the crowd for Peter, for Tonga.
3: Peter's family was there as well. It was quite nice. And uh, what surprised us uh, us, uh, today, the the whole crowd and uh, the whole Brazilian people were you know chanting and uh, cheering for, for tonga and peter and it's quite an uh, amazing uh feeling and in have that feeling inside the stadium with all the people in inside this um cheer for us and and i think it's all because leading up from the from the opening ceremony and uh, how we um you know the appearance for the for the people and uh, the spirit that uh, that peter has and even he was lost but uh to still be able to show uh, a good sportsmanship and a good spirit, you
1: know,
3: to the people.
1: Do you have any idea what's next for Peter in terms of competition? Obviously, this was the third time he was trying to qualify for the Olympics and finally achieved that dream. Um, he's 32 years old. Is there is there a next target for him, or
3: I think what's the next target? for us is um, is to keep on going. Um, what happened in this Olympic is just the beginning for us. And um, we like to keep on going. And, um, of course, the 2020 is um, another four years to go. But there's a lot a lot of things for us to do, you know, especially as of raising up the next generation and um, and see what we can uh, do more to help and give it back to the communities and all the people that are supporting us.
1: That's Master Paula Satapa, the coach of Tongan Taekwondo Olympian Peter Tauho Tafua. The former chief executive officer of the 2017 Pacific Minigames, Joe Bomal Carlo, has died. The veteran sports administrator served as president of the Vanuatu Olympic Committee for close to two decades and also spent time on the executive of the Oceania National Olympic Committee, Vanuatu Rugby, and as a delegate to the Pacific Games Council. He was CEO of the 1993 Pacific Minigames in Port Vila and led the bid team that won hosting rights for the 2017 edition. The council's president, Vidya Lakhan, says despite recently stepping down as CEO of the organizing committee, his passing still came as a shock.
4: News of his passing away uh, came as a bit of a shock to me. We, we knew that he was not in good health, but I was in Vanuatu about a month ago and we had the occasion to uh, uh, meet with Joe and we had a number of uh, meetings with government officials and all that. Uh, though he had slowed down, but he was still you know, uh, had the capacity to uh, contribute to the organisation and the delivery of the 2017 Games. Uh, we all know Joe uh, had been with uh, Vassanok for a couple of decades uh, as a member on the executive board, and he was uh, president of Vassanok for for a very long time. And in that capacity, he also served on ONOC executive board for a couple of times, and he was a regular delegate of Vanuatu to the Pacific Games Council. And and of course, he was uh, very much uh, involved, I think it was in 1993 or 1991 when Vanuatu hosted the first mini-games. He was uh, the CEO and the chief organizer of the game. So Joe has had a long history of connection and the development of sports in Vanuatu. And I know he will be missed by uh, Vanuatu uh, and uh, by the wider wider Pacific community. Joe was a very capable administrator. And I guess the legacy is that he's uh, left behind for uh, people who are following in his footsteps will find uh, the, uh, the strategies that Joe had put in place will help them to uh, continue on planning and delivering a very successful game in 2017.
1: Yeah, not only was he obviously instrumental, as you say, in bringing the first mini games to Vanuatu. I mean, he was still, you know, quite significantly involved in uh, the most recent one or the one that's about to happen next year. Um, initially as CEO and, and then still more recently as a, as a member of the organising committee?
4: Yeah, in fact, uh, Joe was the leader of the uh, big team uh, that put up the bid to home for the 2017 Games and he was, because as we all know now, he was, the bid was successful. And then when he came back, he was appointed at, as uh, CEO of the Games organising committee and uh, he did a lot of preliminary work the government and of course wasn't an easy task for Joe because uh, the government kept changing in Vanuatu in the last two years but he was able to get the message across to the Vanuatu government whichever government was in power that there is a commitment made and they have to order that commitment and it was only about a couple of weeks ago because of Joe's sort of failing health he was uh, relieved of his duty mutually in consultation with Joe and we've got a new CEO, so Joe still had a important role as a government liaison person on the organising committee, and he was, uh, uh, his contributions that he was uh, making uh, was uh, very well received and very much appreciated with the new team.
1: be quite fair to say that there could be a special sort of tribute or a mark to remember him at the Games next year when they do come about?
4: Yeah, that is uh, something uh, we uh, plan to discuss with Vashanok. Joe's funeral took place yesterday. Uh, I was uh, surprised because I was planning to go there and as I had asked them for details. But the leaders of uh, Vasanok, are still on their way back home from uh, Rio. So once I get back, we will see uh, what we can do for Joe. We will be in Vanuatu again at the end of September. Maybe at that time we will do something, if not at the next General Assembly of the James Council and uh, perhaps maybe something suitable, if it is appropriate, uh, at the Games in
1: 2017. That's the President of the Pacific Games, Council, Vidya Lakan. The Fiji and Samoa residents' rugby league teams have had comprehensive victories in the Ohana Cup in Hawaii. Fiji defeated the Canada Wolverines 26-12 in a full test match, despite only using locally based players. While Samoa residents thrashed their Tongan counterparts forty points to six, Fiji National Rugby League CEO Timothy Nalemba was at Aloha Stadium.
5: The local boys have, have the capacity to, to be competitive. We've given the right resources. We've proved that in this this particular game. But also, it's just uh, you know one game uh, result. So the important thing that we caught out from there was a lot of confidence that we'll be able to feel a good team if our boys have the height and bottom
1: of the training. Right? You know, those local players are obviously looking to try and um, you know impress um, and hope that they can be a part of that World Cup squad next year. So to compete against a a, a team and perform as they did, uh, as well as the victory over Tonga the week before that, was um, a good sign. As
5: yes, I've said, This is just a one-game result. Uh, We'll have to have a consistent result, the same type of results, consistent success, to be able to actually have that confidence to say, okay, our local boys can uh, compete at NRL level, or at international level. eh?
1: Do you think a few of those players that were in the Ahana Cup that are in that residence team, do you think there are players in there that are good enough to go to the NRL?
5: Yes, definitely. Um, We've we've got very good... um, uh, talented players. Two uh, in uh, the um, batting team that played uh, PNG. Now with them in the team, they were able to, you know, to at least give that that confidence to the other boys that, uh, you know, playing. Other other players that have uh, been in representative teams is not simple, but, but you know they, they have that capacity to do that if they have that confidence to do it. The major thing that they brought out from this game is having that self belief in them. You know, we, we have talented players, we have very good players, but it's just that we don't have that exposure. You know, that the boys lack that confidence to play at that level. After this game, you know, most of them said, "Hey." We are, we are ready to play other international matches, you know, uh, even though we are not going to play New Zealand or Australia and, and some more. But at least, you know, we can even play a U.S. team, uh, maybe, you know, sometimes sooner before the World Cup. And uh, all residents players should represent Fiji in, in playing against in, in play against U.S.A. U.S.A. is ranked 10th, uh, you know, in the world ranking. And uh, we are ranked seven. So, if we give our local players to that particular game, you know, it would really, you know, help us um, actually uh, identify local players that can play for the body team in the World Cup 2017.
1: So, is that USA match? Is that happening?
5: We'll have to to get uh, the World Cup committee's consent on that because we are pooled with the USA. You know, we have now uh, Andrew Hill at the helm of the um, of that particular World Cup committee as a CEO. Uh, I'd like to bounce that uh, idea of him um, maybe at the end of this week, because he's quite busy right now, so I'll be talking to him soon. So,
1: so who, who suggested that match? Did the USA approach Fiji, or was it the other way around?
5: It's uh, us, Fiji, making an approach to the US team.
1: And would that be to play in Fiji or in America?
5: We would like to play in America. We would like to take our boys out, you know, our local boys out. The saying goes that, you know, it's 99% or 90% out of the field preparation and 10% in the field. All this, they build up to the team that we want to play on game day. So the boys know how to play. They, they, they are gifted, they're talented, but it's, it's the exposure. and other little things that are important as well. You know, we'd like to take them out more. Now that we have Canada, we'd like to take them and, you know, play USA and also We play a game at either New Zealand or Australia early next year.
1: Is it Fiji that are playing against Samoa later this year?
5: That will be the Fiji party team. Uh, We'll be playing in October.
1: That's the Fiji National Rugby League CEO, Timothy Nalemba. And that's the World in Sport for this week. From RNZ International, I'm Biddy Wiley. Thanks very much for listening.